lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, welcome everybody to PWCC Weekly Hockey Auction Live coverage. It's Sunday, March the 12th, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee. I want to thank everybody for joining last week, joining again this week. We're in for a fun night. I want to thank subscribers, viewers, podcast listeners. Well, let's get to it. Bring on Josh Madigan from Hockey Cards Gong Show. Josh, good to see you again. Welcome back. What's going on? Hey, Jeremy. Happy Sunday to you. Um, just uh, sitting here in Minneapolis, watch a little bit of the Oscars, now ready to talk some hockey cards. All right. Yeah, it's Oscar night. And, uh, you know, I, you got to wonder, are we going against uh, the Oscars tonight? And then I was thinking, you know, as we were just kind of chatting briefly, um, how many card people are, are watching the Oscars tonight? You got to think some will be, but are we really going to lose much of the card uh, enthusiasts on a nice Sunday night to the Oscars? What, what do you think? How if, if you were to think of our regular audience for this show, what percentage are we going to lose to the Oscars? I believe in hockey card collectors. I'm going to say 5%. Yeah, yeah. I think that's about right. Five to I'm going to go five to seven, be a little bit more conservative uh, than right. you are even. But um, yeah, I mean, here we, we've got a, a fun night, a, a fun auction. Uh, 285 hockey cards in the auction tonight up from 222 last week so you know what's that that's about a 63 card increase that's almost a 25 percent increase or even better than a 25 percent increase over last week so that's pretty cool uh what what are, what are your sort of summary thoughts josh on this week's auction uh in terms of the the, the selection the quality uh you know the grades of the cards that kind of thing any any sort of uh commentary on that i think in general maybe it's a little bit down than where it has been over the last couple weeks but that being said there's some really nice cards in here especially on the vintage side that's where troy and i on our show each week really have a lot of fun with this auction and learning about some of these cards so like this week we went into uh jack laviolette and art ross and just did a you know, learned a ton about them as players and about their their rookie cards that are up. So there's always something good, Jeremy. I love that you guys do that. You know, Jack Laviolette, Art Ross, like it's just, it's a great way for you guys on your show to learn more about the history of hockey and some of these pioneers from earlier in the day that you're not watching, stat, you're not watching highlights or reading stats from them now. So the only way to go do mm -hmm. to, to learn about these players is to be prompted to and nothing like a good pwcc auction to to be that prompt to cause you to go back and learn about these players i love listening to your pod when you guys are doing that so uh is, do you really enjoy that i mean i know it's a it's sort of uh a rhetorical question but do you enjoy that aspect of what you guys are doing you and troy oh 100 that's why we do the show and it's all about learning and the cards are always the star Right. And that's that's really our mantra. And so when you put it, I think, perfectly, Jeremy, an auction like this prompts you to look into 
a card like the Art Ross card, right? It's like, okay, Art Ross. Well, I know the trophy is named after him, but what else do I know beyond that? Uh, the dude basically invented the puck, the, the the modern design of the hockey puck. And so these guys have such crazy rich histories as part of the game that it's just a blast to go in and really learn about that and then share with other people too that might not know the stories that these players have that really shaped what hockey is today. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned Art Ross, which is a great one to mention because yes, he has a trophy named after him that's awarded every year. So we know that, but what else has he done? And and that what, what else has he done? He didn't even do that probably. That was probably done you know, posthumously, that kind of thing. So what did he do that earned him the right to have his name adorning one of the key trophies that's awarded every year. And that's where Wikipedia and the internet in general comes in handy. And uh, and you can go back and learn the history. And once you do, I think you become more interested uh, in the cards themselves, you know, because yes. now you understand their history and it might make you as a collector uh, that much more predisposed to wanting to own a piece of their history and what better way to do it than through a sports card. I mean, that's how I, that's how I like to do it. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, let's say hello to uh, Alex is here. What is going on? We got name. We got Jake. We got Chuck. Jake says uh, that or auto rookie is great. Yeah. We're going to look at that for sure. And Mitch is in the house, Mitch. Good evening. And by the way, uh, and Josh, I don't even think I told you yet, but Mitch is going to special guest with us next week. Nice. Uh, next week or the week after? The week after. Sorry, not okay. next week. The week after, uh, Mitch is going to come and join us on the show. Looking forward to that. So what we're going to do tonight, a little bit different than than, than prior weeks, uh, simply because of internet con connectivity right now. Um, but I'm going to share. So this is... This is the auction, but instead of just, just searching for all the hockey cards, these are all the hockey cards that I starred, basically, that I favorited. So I favorited 42 out of 200, and what do we say that we're 285? So we're yep. going to we're gonna look at 42 cards pretty much tonight. Before we do, Mitch, Mitch clarifies Art Ross actually donated the trophy to the league himself. Pretty awesome pioneer of the sport, designed the modern hockey puck. Yeah, as Josh had said so we'll do it this way uh we've got 42 that i favorited i've made sure to include the ones that the gong show highlighted on their podcast and uh so why don't we start off with with this art ross right here it's a it's a psa one poor condition it's at 1800 which i think is a good number but let's take a closer look at the card itself uh and see kind of how it looks overall for a one and let's see, that did not work. Did that work? Why didn't that work? Open image in a new tab. Let's see if this will work. Oh, there we go. I must hit the wrong button. So, Josh, I look at this card. A few things jump out right away. Obviously, some surface issue right here. Some sort of scuff that seems to have even, you know, removed the blue background. Uh, I'd have to look at my copy, but this looks interesting. It's almost like like half, like half, part of his head isn't on the card. I never noticed this before. Uh, I, I need to look at another copy to see if this is consistent throughout all copies. The other thing I noticed is the registration with the blue plate. You guys, I'm going to blow this up a little bit here for everybody. 
But what I want to point out here, maybe even a bit more, is you can see the black, the thin black frame that's supposed to go around the card. Yet you can see that the blue is to the right, like it, it extends out past this thin black line. And that's causing the blur in his face. You see some white here or even a little bit cream color between the blue and the very faint black line here, which even breaks up. You can see the black line is not very consistent. It uh, it breaks up as you come down here. Uh, you know, centering looks pretty decent. Maybe, maybe a little bit of, uh, well, actually, hold on a second. This card is diamond cut. So diamond cut to me is a lot, is, is something that we see... We see more tilt on cards than we see diamond cuts, Josh, in my observation. But I can tell right away, because look at this bottom edge, everybody. See this bottom edge here? It's almost perfectly uh, in line with this with the, with the this ridge that's inside the PSA holder. So it's, it's lying flat. The card on the bottom is perfectly situated within the slab. But up here, look at that angle. That's a pretty steep angle coming down. I, I call that diamond cut. I think the hobby calls that diamond cut. There's also a little bit of tilt going on, I believe, simply because this border up here, right up here, is wider than the border down here. So it's almost as if you got a bit of a tilt of the image on the cardboard canvas itself. So this diamond cut, listen, it's a PSA 1, so properly graded. Personally, I do not like diamond cut cards. I'm sure I have some in my collection. But this is this is a, a highly uh, uh, this is a a severe diamond cut, and uh, and it's not even diamond cut. Like diamond cut to me infers that you're going to have, if you have this angle here, you should have the same angle down here. But you don't have the other angle down here. So in, in production, they only messed up the top edge. Uh, but in any event, a, for a one, it's okay. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not going to say it's overgraded at all. I, I don't think I, I could say that, Josh. Let me go over to you. What are your thoughts on all this stuff with respect to this particular Art Ross PSA 1 copy? I agree that those factors take away from the card, but I'll fall back onto it. It's a PSA 1, and if I'm looking at a PSA 1 that doesn't have a big crease in it, to me, that's the most bothersome. So I actually think that this card presents okay, given its age and for its grade. I'm not too... And I think you'll probably get to it, but I think the biggest issues are on the back of this card from what I remember. Let's take a look at the back then. Yeah, you can see paper loss pretty much all around, uh, which does, you know what? That paper loss on the back on a card like this uh, doesn't bother me that much. Like, you know, I have this complete set and some of the cards have a bit of paper loss on the back. Uh, and it's because this card, and I can't really tell if it's, paper loss or it's an it's paper added like is this here where the you see these two lines coming down and then they disappear they come back then they disappear i'm having having trouble telling if this here this this kind of cloudy area is this the pulp of the cardboard or is that the is that the pulp of a page of a scrapbook that is still stuck on with glue i think it might be the latter i think this might be excess paper versus paper loss and if we look kind of over on this side it's really hard to tell but I, i'm not sure what this is is this extra or less it's, it's hard to tell without looking at that uh, 
you know, in your own hands. So, but either way, you know, you can still read everything on the back. That's Kenora, Kenora, Ontario. I've been there many times. You can still read the whole back, which is really important to me. If you're going to have a card that has either some uh, scrapbook remnants or paper loss, if you can at least read everything on the back, that's at least that that's in the plus column, you know, when, when overall the card is in pretty rough shape. But, you know, as you said, Josh, it does present well for a one, you know, his face looks blurry, but decent. So what's it? What's this card sitting at $1,800 right now? That seems pretty strong to me. So it's nice to see. I'm glad to see that, that the hobby is putting some good value into these vintage hockey cards. Anything else uh, from your perspective, Josh? Oh, I got a lot to talk about on this one. Yeah, so from Go a comp it. perspective, the I think the last PSA one that sold was a while ago. It was in October 2019 for 415 US. So we're quite a bit ahead of that, but that was a while ago. And, and like I said, he's just such an interesting player and historical figure in the game. It was crazy that he only played three games in the NHL before he retired because uh, the uh, his, the team's arena burned down. <laughs> It's like what's the most random, and then they—I think—they cease to exist. The other thing that really stood out to me about Art Ross is, so his namesake, the Art Ross Memorial Trophy, is awarded to the player with the most points. Well, he was a defenseman, right? Would you naturally think that that award would come from an NHL defenseman? Not, not really. So again, I just go back to what an amazing figure in the in the history of the game. I think he was the first Bruins coach and general manager as well. Uh, and then the, the last thing that we found out is not, not, he was, we kind of call them the Doc Brown. If you go back to back to the future movies of the NHL, because I believe he and I, I don't know if it's the same one used today, but at one point he redesigned the net that uh, in the NHL goals as well. So he was a player, a coach, GM, inventor, right? Just an amazing figure in the history of hockey. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't know that. Um yeah. So okay. So let's let's do this. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna uh, show you guys another copy because uh, we have a comment here. First of all, uh, hello to Baz. Good to see you. Worthy Mitch wants to know were these cards printed on sheets? That's a great question. They were. I believe they were printed from stone plates. I believe to be the case. Uh, but if anyone else can speak to that. Uh, CS, good evening. Uh, love, thank you. Thank you for being here. And here's the comment I talked about. Wiz here says, when you see a card like that, do you assume alteration? I'm not going to lie. That went through my mind when I looked at the card. So I just, like when we zoomed in and we're looking at it, that did go through my mind. So I want to um, bring that up. Now I'm looking at another copy. I just brought up my my personal image, uh, my my an image of my personal copy of this card. And I'm, I'll show it to you guys. So let me just see how I can how I if I can make us all the same size somehow in here. Josh, I might have to lose you for a moment while I do this, okay? That's all right. So this is this is uh my copy. And I'm for the first time I'm noticing, first of all, he's got the same chunk of head missing. So that's good for the for the one on PWCC here today. I'm also noticing on mine, he's got a real pink cheek there. He's got that pink cheek. Where the uh, the the one at auction tonight doesn't have that, so I'd actually prefer, or maybe it does have it a bit actually. A little bit. It does a little bit. It does a little bit. But let's look at the width of the top and bottom borders. So 
the bottom border on mine, look at the distance between the bottom of his name. I'll try to get this so it's visible better. There, maybe that does it. I know it's not great, guys. I apologize. But the border between the bottom of his name and the bottom of the card is pretty narrow. It's a little bit more narrow on the card uh, on PWCC. The top border, my border, is about the same as the narrowest point on the PWCC card, which is which is right over here. This little bit here seems to be about, about the same width as mine. Mine is a little bit of a, mine has a little bit of a either tilt or diamond to it as well, because you can see that it's thinner over here than it is over there. So it, it, it's tough to do this comparison. One's on my phone, one's on my screen, but I don't think that this copy here is trimmed. I don't think it is, but I'm not convinced it isn't. Because, I mean, that's a pretty... If you're going to trim a card, why would you do it like that, first of all? Uh, but this is pretty big up here. I think that's... I think it's just off-cut. I think it's like a miscut, similar to the way one of the um, uh, Honus Wagner's is miscut that PSA five miscut. I think it's similar to that, but I'm not certain. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to sign off on this art Ross here uh, being not trimmed, but PSA didn't call it out as trimmed. So I'd go with them on this one and say, it's probably not. It's probably just a, uh, a miscut card. So. All right. Um, I think we're good with that one. Josh, should we move on to this 30? Uh, there's one card I think you looked at that I didn't actually star. Um, but we can come, the La Violette. That was from, nine, which set was that from? That was from the C55, 1911. From 1911. Okay, so we'll come back. We'll come back to that. I don't want to mess up with our connection unless we do it through here. But I don't think that this will get us right back no this is some other kind of website so we're not gonna we're, we'll come back to that one josh if that's all right yep um let's let's go ahead and take a look at this card right here this is the 1933 hamilton gum howie morenz it's a psa2 good condition uh this is probably my i think it's you know i certainly prefer the 33 op cheese to the hamilton's uh, the Canadian Gum Company cards, I prefer those to the Hamiltons. There's the Anonymous. I believe there's four sets this year. I would say that the Hamiltons are my third favorite. I do prefer the look of them to the Anonymous set. Uh, this look at, I mean, this card looks amazing from this angle, Josh, for a PSA 2 on the front. The back obviously has some staining, but let's, let's take a closer look at this because uh, I don't know what this little dimple is up here, the top border, but for a 2, this card... Look at the centering. Look at the, the the boldness of the color, the yellow background. This is a this seems like an amazing two to me. I, what about you? Like, I'm actually a little bit blown away by how, how how nice this is for a two. Oh, it's a really cool card. Love it. Uh, kind of looks like an Andy Warhol. <laughs> it does. Where just just with the the total plain solid color background and the very vintage type photo on it. Uh, it's pretty awesome. 
Yeah, I agree. I love I love his hockey gloves, especially the wrist protector parts. Uh, and listen, I'm a bit. I'm a. It's funny. I'm going to say I'm a big fan of Howie Morenz. Never saw him play, obviously, but you know the stories. You know, hockey's first superstar. Uh, his rookie card to me is 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 like the Grail, the pre-war Grail, the 1923 Patterson. So this is it's a tenth year card. It's not his tenth card, but it's a tenth year card, and um, I think it's it's a fine card. There are people out there that are working on the full Howie Morenz run, and this card is going to be one of those cards to own. So what a what a nice what a nice inexpensive copy to get into for those people just based on the low grade, but the presentation of this card, I really, really like. Um, Mitch Mitch agrees, says he loves this one. Thank you for that, Mitch. Um, oh, I see you guys are talking about uh, renaming the trophies too. So this is a 525. I don't know uh, any comps on that. Uh, Josh, did you happen to pull up anything on this card uh, in preparation? No, I can do that right now though. Uh, we'll take a second. Okay, no, go ahead, please. And while you do, I'm just going to see. So next up, we're going to look at the Jean Beliveau PSA 8. That's a beast of a card. And then we're going to look at the Bobby Orr autographed rookie. The card is pretty much a beater, but it has it has a nice autograph on it. I mean, when I say beater, I'm talking about those edges, those corners. Uh, it's full of creases. You know, it's got one right across his head here. But despite the it's beater status it still is decent it's still nicely centered because you can see his you know there's no paper loss it doesn't look like certainly a ton of corner surface wear uh but i, I like that we'll take a closer look at that um did you find anything josh by chance i did so the high sale for a 1933 hamilton howie morenz psa2 was 495 in june of 2021 so well, we should have a new record high there. Yeah. And that, you know what? I mean, without seeing what that card looked like, um, you know, if it looked like your average two, uh, this one should beat. I'm surprised this card doesn't have a PWCCI appeal designation as far mm -hmm. as a, a two goes for this card from 1933. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Josh, and I'm going to tell everybody watching this card is receiving the, the Jeremy Lee I appeal designation of awesome, awesome looking card. I'm not going to say it's top 5% or 15 or 30. I haven't seen enough copies to make that call, but I'm very comfortable giving this my personal I appeal uh, award because I think it's a, I think it's a, a beauty for for what it is. So, so the right. one in 2021, Jeremy had an orange background, really nice card, too. A very very nice copy, and the actually the Howie Morans was where it looks almost maybe a little faded. The photo in the the one that's on the in the current weekly auction, that one the picture is a little stronger. So uh, this is pretty strong number, I think, for this card. Strong number for the. Are you saying that the card is the uh, the other one was was uh, had a bolder print quality mm -hmm. to it? Yes. Yeah, and that that could be uh, because I, and I, I guess these had different color backgrounds. I, I'm not sure. It could just be that you're saying it's orange, and this one is yellowish. They could just it could just be that this one is faded, and maybe that's why it uh, doesn't have the PWCCI appeal designation. Or they had different they had different colors. So the the did. one that sold in June of 2021 is definitely orange. I'm looking at a green copy that sold okay. the same month. 
So they did have different colors. Okay, thanks for clarifying. I still think it's a beautiful card for a, for a two. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's take a look. Actually, before we move on, we're going to do a couple comments here. Uh, so Mitch says here, most NHL awards come from whoever donated the trophy. I think at this point, most should be renamed. Maybe traditionally, yeah, I'm, I'm in the disagree. Uh, I'm in the disagree camp. I like the history to remain with the pioneers. CS agrees the name should be updated. Gretzky deserves. Selkie should be the Bergeron. The guy's still playing, CS. You can't put the, you can't give him a trophy yet, I don't think. Uh, Scott says there was a printing stone for the C56 set that sold on classic auctions in March 2011. I remember uh, I got to see that thing in person, that printing stone. That's how I kind of knew to make that, to say that earlier. I was actually, I actually got video of that thing when it was for Bobby Burrell had it at the uh, Rink Rats booth at the Expo back in 2010, 2011, and showed it off. And I was right there to take a look at it. Hobby Champs, good to see you. I've been buying lots of hockey. Seems like pennies on the dollar for like players from other sports. Yeah, that's what it is. Pennies on the dollar, comparatively speaking. And Larry, welcome to the show. Love the recap. Lots of mid-grade set-building bargains in this auction. There you go. Mid-grade set-building bargains. Okay. Let's go to the Jean Beliveau. Jean Beliveau, one of the uh, classiest players to ever play in the NHL. Uh, the I think he was known as the 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 gentleman, something gentleman. He was one. Of, he's just a and just a very popular player. Probably one of the most you know a top five most important Montreal Canadian of all time. And uh, this is a PSA eight. You can tell it's a very old PSA holder. Card looks really nice to me. I'm going to open it up in a on its own so we can get a bit of a zoom going on here first thing that jumps out to me josh and everybody it's off-centered pretty pretty aggressively off-centered to the right i this looks like it's worse than 60 40 to me i think you could fit two of these into here which makes it basically a 66 33 centering side to side which is probably one of the reasons why it's not above an eight but likely Excuse me, well within the parameters of centering for an eight. Top to bottom looks pretty good. It may be situated a little bit low, but that doesn't bother me at all. Registration looks decent. Um, I, I can't recall seeing a copy of this that's much, much clearer focus, but it looks pretty nice. I, I, personally, guys, I love the Belleville Rookie. Uh, it's one of my favorite Hall of Fame rookie cards in the sport. And um, yeah, so the only thing that really bothered me on this one is the centering. So I don't think that this card is going to smash any records as far as PSA 8s go because of the centering, nor should it. So I'm going to be curious, Josh, do you have any data on uh, on historical sales? Well, I do. This card actually holds the record for highest sale for a PSA 8. Sold for 12000 US last May. This exact the, copy. This exact copy from the PWCC vault. Interesting. So this copy sold for twelve thousand. Right now, it's sitting at about ten with buyer's premium. Uh, so I'm so listen. I, I when I, I I'm surprised that this exact copy holds the record. But what's the population of PSA eights in this in this card? There can't be a ton of them. I'm I, I can't see there being. 20 of them but you might there's, prove me wrong again uh josh there's 33 and there's one psa 9 
33.8. I wonder how this one ranks compared to the other ones, just in terms of eye appeal. I also wonder how many of the other ones have sold in the last few years. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but I used to own, I have a five in this card. My, my copy's in a five and I actually prefer it to this eight just because of, you know, centering and also uh, it just, it just, I like some of my cards to look their age. And this one is, it's all, it's really clean. I mean, look at, look at the, how, how light the borders are. What's this line coming through here? I just noticed this right now. Do you guys see this yep. line right here? I don't know. That could easily be a scratch on the slab versus something. It almost looks like it's in the slab versus the card, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But uh <laughs> You got two very, uh, very dull, not dull, but uh, hard to see people in the crowd. This guy's wearing a hat. That looks like a woman. That's pretty cool. When I look at sales, over... Jeremy, on average, yeah. about one sells a year. One so a they year. Don't sell very, though they don't sell very often. I'm really curious what this one will end for. Well, we're going to find out, guys. We are in extended bidding. So cards are going to start to end in about half an hour uh, from the auction. And uh, that gives you at least a half an hour. Uh, to get a bid in on any of these cards that we're talking about. But I think, I mean, that's a, those are my only real comments on this one. Um, I want to, I'm really curious to see, is this going to exceed its previous sale? I guess not, but you never know. I, I, I'd love to see it happen. Okay, let's move on and look at the uh, Bobby Orr rookie card which is, do we have one ready to go? No. So let's open this card up and we'll leave, we'll leave this one open, which we have open twice because I am excited to see what it does, but let's take a look at the Bobby Orr. This is the Bobby Orr rookie card, 66 tops. It is autographed. It's got some writing on the back of it. I see right there, but let's, uh, let's open it up. That twice so close it there all right so <laughs> there we go this is from what my friend chris sewell may refer to as the beater division or the run over by a truck division i'm not sure but it is autographed it is a bobby Orr autographed rookie card the autograph has a 10 grade this is recently graded by psa uh i mean this thing is this thing might fall apart on you if you were to take it out of the slab. It's got a pretty serious crease across that corner there. Pretty serious crease coming in here. Coming all the way up there right through his forehead. Creases coming down from the top. Creases going up from the bottom. Coming in from the side. Um, you know, I don't know that it's great... It's graded authentic. It might be too low. It might be too low to have gotten a numerical grade from PSA. Uh, so this is certainly a beater copy, but this might be your most affordable way to get into an autographed Bobby Orr rookie. So let's see what it's sitting at right now. $1,675. I mean, that sounds seems decent to me overall. I do not know comps. I'm just going by my gut here. Seems decent. Let's take a look at the back, and then we're going to get Josh's thoughts on this card. So somebody put an X on the back thinking, you know, just to mark the copy as their own back in the day. Tells a bit of a story. With a copy like this, I don't like, if you were to remove the X, you'd almost remove some of the value for me because this card 
belong to a kid or a person who decided to put their own marking on it. I like that. It adds character. It adds story to the card for me. Now, if this card was in like better condition, I'd say, no, please take the, please never have written on it in the first place because, the, but because this is such a beater copy, I'm okay that it has writing on it. It doesn't change it. doesn't reduce the value in my eyes. But as you can see, this thing's got creases all over the place, scratches. It looks like some of the corners aren't even there anymore. So what do you think of this piece, Josh? Not my cup of tea. I get, I have a hard time getting past the card, how beat up the card is. But I totally agree with you. For if you always wanted a Bobby Orr Ricciato, this is probably the lowest entry point for you to get in there. I did find actually a somewhat similar comp to this. So there is a, in an old PSA DNA holder, there was a, a pretty beat up copy as well that had an auto grade mint nine. It was a little like a thicker Sharpie. I think that was probably the difference there. The card may be a little bit nicer than this one, but that sold in 2018 for 1,854 based on, yeah. you know, we're pretty similar to that. Yeah, this one's close. This one's closing in on two grand, if not there already with a buyer's premium, which is good to see that it's a little bit, you know, prices or values are going up. It's also very recently graded. So it's a, hey, it, it's a fun card for whoever's going to win it. And, uh, you know, look forward to seeing what it ends at, just like the other ones. Uh, very quickly, CS here says that I think the Beliveau is the big card in today's auction. Gorgeous. His personal favorite is the Mario box bottom rookie. Just absolutely love that super rare rookie. As do I, CS. I love the box bottom, and we are going to look at it. And full disclosure, I own a copy, but I think I, mine is the the other one, the the OPG. All right, Gila Fleur. Uh, this card here, I, I I wanted to look at this because it's an X Mint Six. If we remember last week, I believe it was a super high eye appeal PSA five. Was it? that sold for like, oh God, I'm, I might get this wrong, but sold for like $2,000 last week alone or high, high teens. And so I thought, well, let's see this week, let's contrast it with the PSA six without any eye appeal designation and see how much more the five sold for last week than the six will this week. Now, Josh, am I, I, I see you've, am I right? Was it a five last week? I did. I'm just looking up the six right now. I will look up the five in in a second. But sure. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find that out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I want to see what that comes out to. But, you know, PSA six recently graded Lafleur rookie. You know, I'm not going to jump in on it here unless I can open the image in a new tab. Let's see how this looks. for. Oh, OK, we can do this now. Okay, great. So let's look at it here. I'm going to I'm going to just point out what I see in this copy. And these are things that you guys should be looking for on all Gila Fleurs and all 71 Opeaches when you're looking at them moving forward. So, you know, centering is so easy to assess on the 71s because of the oval. And you can just see how narrow the border is here versus over here. This is this is like a 75-25 type centering. So the centering is going to automatically preclude this thing from grading like eight or better but also notice you know it's the corners aren't perfect bottom right corner has a little bit of rounding uh, you know that doesn't bother me that much if that's in my wheelhouse if that's a card that's in my range but notice the registration here i'm going to zoom right in so everybody can see this 
you'll notice this white gap between the blue oval and the yellow background. You know, that in a perfect world isn't there. You can see the same effect down here. The purple from the letters in the word Canadians is coming down below the black. That shouldn't be below the black. It should be it should be kind of hidden within the black. So you've got those registrations issue, registration issues, which are causing a little bit of blur in Gila Fleur's face here. You can see some more this this little these this this line these lines sort of right above the red in the shoulder. More signs of the registration. I will say the edges look absolutely wonderful, like all around. Top right corner has a touch happening, but on a white border doesn't bother me nearly as much as if I could see it. Top left corner was nice. Bottom right is the weakest corner of all. And this corner has something fun. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it, it's not bad. I mean, as far as a six goes, this card is probably probably an average card, I, I believe. Um, and what's it sitting at right now? This card is sitting at $430 plus 86 so about 515 bucks or so. Uh, Josh, can you add any color to this piece? Yeah, all-time high for a PSA 6 is 1,188. That was from April of 2022. I'm still trying to find, having slow computer issues, the closing price for last week's PSA 5. But as soon as I can get the website to come up, I'll let you know. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, TDOT says, sometimes the owner doesn't ask for a number grade, especially when autoed. Yep, that's uh, that's definitely a, a true statement. Okay, so let's move on. I pulled up the Chico Resch rookie, 74 Opeachy Chico. His name is Glenn Resch. He was known as Chico. Uh, this is a, it's a PSA 4.5. It's low grade, but I brought it up because I believe this is your partner Troy's like favorite goalie of all time or one of his favorites. I know you guys have talked about him before. Six bucks, everybody, six bucks. I can tell you, looking at it from here, it's off center, top to bottom, left to right looks good, but 74s are tough for centering across the board. So definitely an, an affordable card. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he's he, he's got a bit of a cult following. So we took a look at that one. Uh, anything on that before we go to the Gretzky rookies? No, just cool card. It's all 70s. I just love the vibe of it. But it is all yeah. The hairstyle, the pose, even the the mustache, the the baby blue background. Uh, this is 1974 for you for sure, for sure. Okay, we got two Gretzkys here. We have a PSA five and a PSA seven. The seven is sitting at four grand right now. The five is sitting at fifteen hundred. I think we have these right here. Yes, we do. So we can come in a bit closer. I'm going to go back and forth here quickly and let's see if we can spot the differences. So look at look at side to side centering. Neither of them are perfectly centered. The five is obviously shifted to the right, uh, but top to bottom centering looks bang on to me. This one, uh, it's it's definitely situated up and to the left. It's it's situated high. It's off-centered high. It's also off-centered a little bit to the left, but side to side looks pretty good, actually. Let's let's zoom in though. The other well, before we do oil, oil drops, oil drop there. High into the left, oil drop here looks almost perfect. And this car just got a $25 bid. Let's zoom in on the five on the front of it and take a good look so everyone can see exactly what's going on here. Both top corners are showing some white. It is a five, so that's to be expected. 
Uh, notice Edmonton Oilers is on they're, they're on the perfect plane. There's no registration issue uh, within you know the magenta and the black plate that I can see right now. No major printing issues in the word Edmonton. Often we'll see some you know just kind of fading of some parts here. It's not perfect. I do see a couple things, but very minor. You know, if you look really closely though, you'll notice that the yellow plate didn't didn't strike down perfect. You can see yellow on the inside here. You can see yellow to the right of every word in Oilers. And if you even look closer, guys, on the very left side, you'll notice two different shades of the color Oilers, right? You've got more of a pink there and more of an orangey pink here. Pinkish there, orangey pink here. And that's because this is missing the yellow. So you don't have that orange uh, effect going on. But, you know, again, it, 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 it's not a big deal when it comes to a card in this grade, at least not, not to me. As I come down, you guys should be noticing the rough peachy cuts across the top border as well as the, especially on the left, you see a lot of, a lot of uh, that, that uh, fray that comes along with it. The right has it as well. We come down. I'm not noticing any major surface issues anywhere, which is good. So I'm not sure what that is right there. Maybe nothing, maybe part of the card. Oil drop, yeah, it's okay. It's not perfect. Then you've got the you got the yellow coming off the bottom of it there. Very see this 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 is I don't love this, but sometimes you just can't get away from it. This between the blue border and this bottom black, between these two parallel black lines, the bottom one, you've got this white gap here. That white gap shouldn't be there. So you know, that's just, uh, again, me being very finicky on my registration, but I love registration. It's my, you know, I love a focused card. So, but again, when you zoom out, it looks pretty darn good. Uh, if you can get your head around that centering, it's a, I think it's a decent five for sure. For sure. Uh, Josh, anything from you on the five before we look at the seven? Yeah, just a couple things. So the all-time high sale for a PSA five is 6,000 from February of 2021. So COVID era card or sale there. The last sale was on March 8th. So just a couple days ago and was 2,600. So pretty good deal right now from that perspective. And then just to, in case anyone's wondering the pop on a 1979 OPC Gretzky PSA five is 1,378. Out of how many approximate total do you have that handy? 10,271. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it, it's like the Mickey Mantle. I know there's fewer Mantle, the 52 Mantle. There's fewer of those graded. But, like, in any grade, these cards are, are important. And, uh, you know, the, pop, the population of the five, to me, it's an important number. But it, but I need two other numbers to go along with it. Total pop and pop higher. Because I want to know what my pop percentile is. If I'm buying a five, am I in the top 60% of all cards? Meaning, you know, I'm only beating the bottom 40. So you'd have to add up the population of all the fives, five and a half, sixes, all the way up to 10. I do not include qualifiers when I do this. I consider all qualifiers to, to be at the bottom, personally, just to also for ease of calculation. Uh, and then I want to know, you know, add up all the fives and higher, divide that by the total, the total, total pop. What is that percentage? I like, you know, I like to be as, for that to be as low as possible. I want to be in the top 1%, the top 
15% or the 25% on a super old and, and expensive card. Do you have any, Josh, any sort of indication of what the, what the pop percentile is on the, on a five? I don't have the exact number, but it's a, it's about 4,000 or graded higher. Okay. So four plus 1400 or whatever you said, or you said here. So it's about the top, it's about 50%. You're in about the top 50% plus or minus a bit. I do have an update on the Gila Fleur too, just to close that door. So last week was that it was actually a PSA seven, and that's the one that went for one thousand four hundred forty. Okay, so I was way off on my memory on that. Thanks for thanks for uh, clarifying that. Okay, so let's go back to the Gretzky's now. So that was the five. Let's look at the seven, and let's open this guy up and blow it up. So right away. You know, it does have that centering issue up and to the left, but let's zoom in. Let's just see how much better the corners are, the registration. Yeah, the registration is, look at that Oilers word, you guys. Comparing this one to the last card, the plates are perfectly laid down here. The yellow, the, the, yellow, the magenta are perfectly laid down. I can't say they all are because we have this white gap right here. So again, you know, I'm being very picky here. Top border looks wonderful. Corners are good. Like they're better than good. If we're using good as a, as a, a grade or a, a description of grade. I love the right, the right border. I love this jaggedness. I just love the looks of that personally. Got a bit of a, a bit of surface fading right in this region here, but that's not the most important region on the card. That's for sure. Coming down oil drop, not perfect. You know, a little bit high, a little bit to the right, but pretty good overall. And then again, you've got this registration issue down here, a little bit of white. It's narrower than it was on the on the PSA 5 copy. Bottom left corner looks really good. Bottom right corner looks really good. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is fairly graded by PSA at a 7. Um, I, I also think that, that PWCC was correct in not giving it an IAPL designation. I don't think it's a special 7 by any means, but... It should probably sell for what an average seven does, which right now is at 4,800. And uh, Josh, do you have any data for us on what sevens have been selling for lately? Yep. Last sale was 5,000 and February so, 28th. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I got to say, I'm, I always tell Josh, I'm like, I love what we get the color commentary and not the color, but the added data that Josh brings. Cause I can't do it all. Uh, you know, if I'm a one man show here, uh, but the one thing that we don't have is what did that seven look like that sold for five grand? Was it nicer than this one or less nice than this one? Because if you, my advice to everybody watching, not for Josh to go dig that up now, unless you really want to, but for everybody watching, you cannot just compare a seven to a seven. You have to dig deeper. You have to on vintage, at least you have to dig deeper and see what did that seven look like? What I've spent more, do I think it's nicer than this one or not as nice as this one? And then bid and proceed accordingly from there. Anything else, Josh, before we go to go on to the next cards? Yeah, a couple of quick things uh, just for context. And I totally agree with you. I'll just chime in that I, I think there's probably in all the sports card collecting, what, maybe 10 cards where what you just said really, really applies. And I think the Gretzky rookie is is one of those cards where there's people that have such an in-depth and intimate knowledge with this card that of the PSA sevens that are that are out there and it's a pop 1258 there's probably a big spectrum of quality 
within even within that grade. So really echo that. Highest sale ever on a PSA 7 was, again, right in COVID, January of 2021. You want to take a guess? Yeah, I, I, I'll guess about 14K. It was 15,755. So you're pretty close. Yeah, I remember sevens shooting up to that price. And I remember right before, right before the pandemic, I sold two of my PSA sevens for I think I sold them for four thousand Canadian dollars each. And I remember the buyer was even trying to get, oh, I'm buying both. Give give them to me for seventy five hundred. I'm like, no, man, it's four grand each. I don't care how many you buy. If you don't want them, I'm keeping them. And I yeah. wish he would have walked, right? But the funny thing is that they went up to as high as 15 grand. Would I have sold then? Probably not. And then they mm-hmm. come back down now to where they are, probably about you know six or so Canadian. Would I would I be selling them now? Probably not. So it doesn't even matter what they when they go up and down. Um, I who who knows? But uh this is this is a car, this is a seven that if you if you're gonna move into this card here, you just have to be okay with the centering. And if you are, it's a pretty nice copy overall, like outside of outside of the centering, which isn't terrible. Like, please, it's not terrible. Side to side, it's not that bad. Top to bottom is where it suffers the most. But to me, I'd rather have a, an off-centered card top to bottom than side to side. So this card, this card has my blessing. I don't think it's it's worthy of an eye appeal designation, but certainly is a card that I'd welcome into my collection. When you look at recent sales too, Jeremy, you can really see that what you're talking about, the card within the grade sort of spectrum, and especially on a higher pop count like this, where there is 1,250, where it's like on the bottom end, right around where this one is, about 5,000 to 7,000. So the in the sales bounce back and forth in that range. Yeah. Okay, good. Appreciate that. And I just want to uh, apologize to Larry for uh, spilling the beans on the, the card you're after, Chico Resh, 74 Peachy. Just, ah, sorry, Larry, now I got you twice. But I don't think that card's going to cost you much. So have uh, congratulations, or I should say, not congrats yet, but good luck on grabbing that. Uh, T dot says, I think two to five Gretzky because the best buys is they're easily liquid. Definitely a liquid card. Thinks the prices will bounce back. Jeremy Fowl Fireball, good to see you. Better late than never, for sure, for sure. Okay, let's move along now to the next card, which is going to be the 1980 second year Wayne Gretzky. Now this is a PSA four. And I, you know, we don't usually look at these lower grade cards in, you know, from 1980 forward, but this card has a PWCC IPL award of exceptional being the top 15%. And when I look at it from here, it looks like an eight to me from here. I haven't zoomed in. I haven't tried to understand why, what, what caused it to be a four point, uh, sorry, a four. Let's take a look. And because this might be a great pickup for somebody who just wants a second year Gretzky, but doesn't want to spend a thousand bucks on one. And I think I see the problem right away. I think, I think it's this corner here and this corner here. Obviously the centering isn't perfect. Bit of a, bit of a, there's not a bit, there's a clear fisheye right here about above N and center, but let's zoom in on this card because this could be a good opportunity for somebody. So this top right corner, it's again hard to see on a white border, but it's got some some of the surface gloss or the top layer might just be missing altogether right there. But the beauty of a white bordered card is you can't really see it that well. So I definitely, in my own collection, am willing to cut slack and and let in a lower grade card with something like this happening uh, than if that was a colored border. 
as we scroll down, not sure what this is, this this black line here. I'm not sure if that's in the card or on the card or something, or a piece of hair inside the slab, or is that uh, on, on the slab itself? I can't tell. Coming down, you know, edges edges look, look great overall. I'm seeing nothing else surface-wise, you know, something minor right there that doesn't wouldn't bother me. Uh, you know, you've got the fisheye here above the N, which, you know, they, they happen. It's a four. You got a little bit of fading in the, the the black lines of the puck here, like that right there, this little thing here. But again, we're being super picky. Bottom left corner, definitely rounded. Definitely some corner surface wear. This one here, same thing, less rounding, but definitely some corner surface wear. Uh, but overall, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say, yeah, I think PWCC got it right as far as the eye appeal award on this card centering wise again a bit of tilt counterclockwise tilt this border here is narrower than the border down here and and the same thing going on on the right side but listen this card is right now sitting at 70 dollars, 72 dollars. that's like 84 bucks 85 bucks after buyer's premium i don't know i don't know how that ranks compared to other fours on this card i've never personally looked at anything under a nine i don't think uh, for this card, and I bought my nine many years ago at the expo. I think I paid 600 bucks for it, uh, Canadian. So I love, and by the way, by the way, I love the second year Gretzky. I love, I love, the, I think I said this last week because I remember calling out how Ryan Walters in the background is making a cameo. So, but I'll reiterate this is a new week. I love the second year Gretzky card, I think it's an important card. Over to you, Josh. I'm surprised it's a four. Is that really a four? I mean, when if you if that was a six on there, would you be insulted? No, I would not be. I would not. I would not be. There may be something we can't see. There may be a a slight wrinkle somewhere or a dimple in the surface or something. I mean, the back looks. I don't. Nothing. Nothing jumps out to me on the back. You know, I'll give a quick plug here too. Again, for PWCC and part of what makes this show really even feasible is the quality of their images right where most cards are sold on ebay <laughs> good luck ever finding this amount of detail on an ebay listing usually it's in the cards taken like in pitch black at a tilt with a glare and in between like a 1970s couch cushion or something like that so again huge props to pwcc for investing in the technology that enables us to do this there's a pretty as I think you'd expect at a lower grade like this, a, a spectrum of pricing on the high end the most ones ever gone for is last April, about 200 bucks. Most recently you'll find them selling in the 40, $50 range. So I don't know though, Jeremy, I think for a PSA forge, it'd be, be hard pressed to find a nicer PSA four than this one. I, I agree with that. I do. Um, T dot is saying that the back is faded. I mean, it doesn't look bad to me. I mean, I've, I've handled uh, hundreds of these cards, if not thousands. And, uh, you know, if, if the, he, he, he says that it's notorious with that year and that, that fading that, that may or may not be notorious for this year is because kids were handling them and rubbing them against each other. The, uh, you know, there, there may be some that were just produced that way as well, I, I guess. Uh, nothing. I, I'm, I've never been aware of that. And again, I, I had this complete set. Uh, for many years, I never noticed it, but um, I don't see an issue with the back of this card as far as it being 
uh, faded. Now you could put it beside a copy that is much bolder, yellow and green, and I'll eat my words. But and that we could pop, probably even do that tonight. But when I look at this in this solitary way, uh, the back uh, I think is looks really good to me. But I said the same thing about the the Hamilton Morens earlier. So um, you know I, I could easily be wrong on that. But yeah, I think it's a great looking card. It's up to eighty bucks. And uh, good luck to the winner. I think it's a fine way to get into uh, a second-year Gretzky card. And CS here says, I love the second-year Gretzky. I agree. Goes on to say, I believe the 80 Gretzky is the most valuable card from the 80s. Oh, from 1980. More so than even the Messier and Bork rookies. Yeah, could be. Could be. I'm not going to doubt you, CS. Not this, not this time anyway. Okay, let's go on and look at the Paul Coffey rookie. So, you know, a, for me, a Paul, we, we typically wouldn't look at a Paul Coffey rookie graded under a nine, uh, but which is maybe not the right approach. But we're going to look at this one because there's nothing graded higher in this auction. And it has the superior eye appeal designation, which is the top 5%, which basically means this thing could easily be graded higher into the into nine territory. Uh, let's let's open it up and take a peek at it. Paul Coffey, you know, one of the uh, best defensemen of all time. The card, I mean, cor top corners and edges all look great. Bottom corners look really good. Bottom left corner may have some slight rounding. There is a registration issue that I'm seeing. If we look at the words defense and defense in French, I'm not going to try and say that, uh, as well as these the orange frame around here, you'll notice there's some yellow coming down underneath it. There's some yellow on the side of all these letters. So there is that registration issue. I, to this day, do not know if PSA even recognizes registration issues on cards. I just don't know that they consider it. Um, maybe they, they do when it comes to an extra half point for an eye appeal, uh, for, for giving that extra half grade because of eye appeal. Um, card overall though, I mean, outside of that, and it's minor, don't get me wrong, guys, it's, it's minor. I noticed it up here on the, on Opeachy. You can see that, you know, this, the, the Opeachy were letters here. You got all that yellow coming off it. Same thing over here. You can see how it's red up on the top, this border, then it goes orange, then it goes yellow. So the, the yellow plate was, was placed either low into the right or the magenta plate was placed high into the left, but look at his face totally. Oh, sorry. Totally clear, totally focused. So that's pretty good. I think I think it's a great copy for uh, for a four. Definitely worthy of the eye appeal designation because often these cards in fours have rounded corners. You know, uh, a lot worse things, a lot worse centering. So I think the uh, look at that. Just got, I forget what was this at when we came in here. Oh, it's sold. Never mind. And this card sold now for two fifty two. We are now. Past the first stage of extended bidding, we're at 8.30, so we're so my time, 7.30 uh, Pacific. So at this point, several of the cards have ended and sold. Josh, anything you'd like to say about the uh, Paul Coffey? Really cool card. Uh, last sale was 130 yesterday, so it, it exceeded that pretty well. They have sold for as high as 315 so it's kind of in that ballpark and that was the 315 price was from covid february 2021 yeah. 
Yeah, and the one that you just mentioned that sold for one whatever, I mean, uh, likely wasn't nearly as nice as this one. Probably not. 1984, Steve Eiserman, card is still alive. We're in the five-minute windows now, guys. This is a BGS 9.5. So you know you know what that means. Whenever we're looking at any 80s Opeachy BGS 9.5 hockey card, you're in the first thing you have to that has to go through your head is this card. There's a very good chance that this card was not pack pulled. It was cut from a sheet after the after like by somebody other than an Opeachy employee. That said, some people don't mind that. Personally, I want my cards pack pulled, so I'd never put one of these in my collection. That's just me. But some people just want the card. I mean, let's fit the card is still legit. It was printed in 1984, 85. You know, back in that, back when it was printed at the right time, it just wasn't cut at that time or pack pulled. If you can get your head around that, then, then that, then, you know, I'll have at it. Go for it. Uh, it's got the 9.5 grade. What's the surface? I want to see the surface grade quickly because the surface is a nine. So that makes sense to me because I noticed some, some surface issues. Uh, right in here. I'm noticing some surface issue right in here, a little bit of something going on right in here. It's something, you know, a little bit going on here. Nothing. I don't think it's serious. I don't know that you can really see it when we zoom out. Something going on in his knee here. Not sure if that's on the slab or if that's on the card. Slight registration issue. You can see a little bit of white between the pink and the black border here, but still a very focused image of Steve Iserman, Stevie Y as he's known. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, the card, what's it sitting at right now? 650 bucks. You know, PSA 10 of this card has got to be, I'm guessing, around four or $5,000 right now. So to get into a gem, uh, you know, a card that is considered gem mint for a lot less, this is a, a, a decent option. Decent option. Tita says, most of them list hand cut on the label. Uh, no, they don't. No, they don't, T-Dot. Not, not these cards. They never do, as far as I know. Uh, maybe you're talking about cards that were um, perforated or from box bottoms, but I've never seen a hand cut designation on an 80s Opeachy card in a BGS lab. All right, let's continue on. Uh, CS's favorite card in the auction uh, is this 1985 Topps Lemieux box bottom. This one says hand cut because it's from a box bottom. The only way that you could get this card is if it's hand cut. Um, T dot says I'm wrong. Well, send me a send me an example. T dot. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this forever. I've never seen hand cut on a Beckett slab for a card that was uh, pack pulled. So, uh, sorry for a card that 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 uh, in a Beckett that that was sheet cut or non pack pulled. The '85 Tops Lemieux PSA eight. I love this card too. Uh, you know, if you are somebody who wants to get. It wants to put a box bottom in your collection. Count me among them. I have this in an, I have the Opeachy version. Absolutely love it. I think it's such a cool, you know, it's kind of an oddball, but it's also, uh, it's also like a rookie card. It's the right, it's the right dimensions. It's got the right um, design to it from it's consistent. The design is consistent. The border is yellow versus a white border on a regular card. What I love most, though, is that it's a different picture of Mario. It's a different image than his rookie card. 
that to me is maybe the coolest part. You could buy a you could buy an Opeachy rookie, you can buy a Tops rookie. They're gonna have this, they're gonna look the exact same, except the color of the back is gonna be a little the color of the reverse is gonna be a little bit different. But this is like a third version that has that has a, a different image of Mario. And I think that's awesome. I, I love it. So, and this is a nice eight overall. Let's let's zoom in on it for a, a quick moment here. And just see, and again, it's a hand cut card. So you may, you know, for for PSA to even slab a hand cut card, it has to show evidence that it was from that 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 it's not. It the borders have to show either the perforation marks or some of the white. And this one, you have a bit of the white across the top. If this, if the person who hand cut this card didn't leave any white across the top, in accordance with PSA's current standards, they wouldn't slab the card or they wouldn't give it a numerical grade. But in this case, whoever cut it left just enough white across the top so that no one would ever be, well, no one should ever be fooled into thinking that this card uh, wasn't hand cut. So in any event, I love the card. Josh, what, what are your thoughts on this? I agree with you. It's a super cool card. And you think of the of rookies today, how many different variations of their rookie card there are, hundreds right in many cases and so to have a player like Lemieux have a different version of his card is is pretty cool from a pop perspective so there's 18 PSA 8s out of 81 that have been graded and there's six PSA 9s zero PSA 10s so pretty exclusive from from that perspective highest sale of a PSA eight was this past January for 356. So what did we almost tripled that at that point at this point? Yeah. And to me, it's worthy. Like to me, this is uh this is low. I, I and listen, I mean, I am not, I don't care about comps when I'm, when I'm saying that, what I, why I think it's low is because like you said, this is, it's exclusive territory. There are not that many out there to satisfy the demand. And maybe the demand is low, but just simply because people don't even know about it. That could be, that could be the case. So, in any event, yeah, I love the card. What you know what the coolest thing about box bottom cards is that if you can get a, a card that has a good surface, because these things were sitting either on top of each other or they were sitting on countertops at corner stores, moved around, scratches. Like I think they're the coolest. They they're 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 really signs of survival. So I love them. I love them. And I, and I love I love that card. So uh good luck to everyone in the room who might be bidding on it. And, um, okay, let's go to some comments, uh, quickly here, Josh, when we, uh, for, for a moment here. Um, so back to T dot, who's just off his rocker at the moment. Uh, Terry says, show us an example, Tom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes P PSA is not always going to pick up on a trimmed card. I mean, it's been proven over and over again that there are several trimmed cards out there in PSA slabs. Uh, but you know, once it's in the slab, <laughs> like, does it matter? Does it matter if, if if PSA was willing to slab it and not give it a trimmed qualifier? That's going to appease most people who won't know the difference anyway. So when I say, does it matter now that it's in the that a, that a trim card gets in a PSA slab? Obviously, it's not good. It, it, it's not. It's suboptimal. I'm not saying I I like that or I'm giving it a pass. But at the end of the day, it's like it's like fake patch cards. If nobody knows, like if a, if a tree falls in a forest, no one's there to hear it. Listen, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving it my okay. Trust me. 
but you know that's just kind of the world we live in now where a lot of a lot of people just go by the slab and they, they just listen to the slab and they don't uh, put much mm-hmm. stock in what might be the actual case i guess it's unfortunate uh cs says hand cut is only written on the slab when the card is cut out of a larger piece of cardboard yeah that's uh i believe that is the case tom says pretty sure it's a sheet cut card that psa missed on the coffee i don't know maybe tom but that's a i think we're speculating on that one uh t it's out there someone bought it Uh, maybe they did it by mistake once t dot but it's definitely uh, an exception not the rule uh, so wrong, wrong, wrong. Okay. T dot, you're going to have to settle down or I'm going to put you in timeout. You're just being, uh, you're, you're just being rowdy now. Uh, CS agrees. The box bottom area is awesome because it looks awesome and a super low pop. Yeah, there you go. CS, if you can provide us a single image to your, prove your point, T dot would help you, my friend are wrong on this issue. Yeah. T dot you're, you're out to lunch, bud. You're out to lunch toilet. Welcome to the show. Very early Lindros pack pulled auto still available at a good price. Larry won both the Chico's. Congratulations, Larry. And Chris says, love hearing little history on these older cards, really getting an appreciation of them, especially for collectors who were born in the 90s. Yes, Chris, that is what we try to do. Okay, Josh, 86. This is a this is the 86 OPG Gretzky PSA 8 sells for $103. This is a tough card in super high grade. What it's got the superior eye appeal award. I mean. This is a car that should have sold for more. Somebody got a steal here because, because buy the card, not the grade. And here, P- uh-huh. here, PWCC is even saying to you, this card is undergraded. It's super strong for the grade. It should sell for more than a than a, a weak PSA nine. Anyway, I think I think someone got a deal on this card, and I don't know what the PSA nine comps are. Anyway, but I know the tens are like three thousand bucks. So. At least they were, um, and they were probably even higher at one point. Just doing a quick zoom just to make sure there's nothing funky with the corners because everything else should be good. I mean, I've seen copies of this card that are completely blurry. This one has really good registration. Corners are nice. Edges are nice. Bottom left corner has something imperfect with it. Let's just zoom in. Something imperfect with the bottom left corner right there but otherwise yeah i mean this card this card definitely i would say is deserving because i've seen nines that don't look this good so somebody got a deal there josh anything you'd like to mention on the the gretzky it's it's higher than the last comp the last comp went for 66 so i think somebody agreed with you whoever bought the card and yeah i mean it's if you're kind of collecting the gretzky run this would be a great card to add to any collection. Uh, it's it's awesome and a great price. From the same year, we had a BVG, sorry, BGS9 mint condition, Patrick Waugh rookie sell, $588. Again, a BGS9. Josh, I think you're pulling up the data. Thank you. Uh, let's take a look at this guy. So you've got that nice Opeachy rough cut across the top. I can't tell if there's some tilt. It looks like this is a bit wider over here than it is over here. A little bit wider here than here. Which might just be a sign of tilt. Registration looks very good. Maybe just a little bit of a print mark down over here. Right right in there. Right above my, or right below the cursor here. If you guys can see that. Something going on over here. Nothing serious though. 
you know, you zoom back out. Card presents well. Patrick Waugh rookies, guys, I want to point something out here. Patrick Waugh rookies often have this black dot right here. Off, I say often because it's not always. You will, you may, when you get out there and you're, when you get out into the field, you may hear people say, if there's no black dot here, it's not a real Patrick Waugh. I do not believe that to be the case. I believe many of them have it, maybe even most, but I don't think that the, the, an app, the absence of this black dot means that it's uh, a fake card. Now contrast that with the 87 Ron Hextall rookie, which as many of you will know, has this black line coming down from the top. I've never seen one without it. They all have it. So, but in this case, I think this is, you know, something that is uh, on many copies, but not all. Just my own personal belief. Someone out there might say I'm, I'm full of it and that, that's okay. Cause I, I can't, I can't provide evidence. I do not remember opening one of these in 1986, 87 and seeing one without the black dot. To be honest, I didn't give a, a hoot if there was a black dot on my Patrick Waugh rookie in 1986 or not. So. Josh, what did you uh, find out about this card? Last two prior sales were at 600. So looks, and I think this one sold at, yeah, just right there. Right there. 580. So where do you put this in your all-time goalie card rankings? Oh, it's tough because, I mean, goalie card is so much different than all-time goalies. All-time goalies, I've got him basically number two. I've got him top three. You know, he's, it's, I, Dominic Hasek's my favorite. But, you know, Brodeur and Patrick Waugh, I, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Like, I, I can do either one. They're both great play. They were both great players. And then, you know, but I'm not even thinking about the Sawchucks and the Drydens and the Plants and, you know, those guys. Like, it's just, that's so hard to compare. So, definitely top five all time. Uh, but, you know, top three of anybody really since... And I'd even put him ahead of Ken Dryden. So, so from a card perspective, though, you'd have to say the Jacques Plant is probably the best goalie card of all time, right? The rookie. For, I mean, I all day long for me. Well, the George Vezina, maybe you know. Okay. George Vezina is probably the best goalie card of all time. Jacques Plant. Uh, I would love to be able to say the Terry Sawchuk, but you know, it's a fifty-one, which is just not nearly as beautiful as even the the nineteen eleven Vezina. Uh, the 55 plant is like my favorite hockey vintage hockey card of all time. Now to everybody listening, I might say that about different cards at different times. So please don't hold me to that. <laughs> but you know, I love, love the 55 plant, but this card is up there. You know, it's hard to compare it to the plant or the sawchuck too, because this card is much readily, more readily available. So overall importance, it loses some importance because it's so easy to get. Yeah. So, but I think it's a great card. Okay, let's uh, let's take a look at the. This is a, a '87 Gretzky, and again for the Gretzky run people, I'm you know I'm one of those people. A, a PSA nine, two hundred and seventy-six bucks. I can tell you, you know, I think I bought my ten, my PSA ten, like ten years ago for two hundred and seventy-five bucks. So I, I guess I did okay with that. Uh, but this card looks really nice. I love I love the '87s because the centering is so easy to measure. And yeah, this is off center a little bit to the right, but like minor, minor, um, beautiful card. 276 feels to me like it's right where it should be for the card. Probably has come down since COVID, but I like it. Recently graded serial number starts in, with a six. You got the new light or oh, the newish lighthouse uh, PSA hologram on there. 
I like the card. Good one for uh, for the for the Gretzky run collectors, of which there are many. Josh, what can you tell us? Last one had sold on March seventh for one hundred three, and I can't. I'm scrolling back, and this is the <laughs> highest sale in quite a while. It looks like they've been in typically in the 140, 150 range. So there was one for 240 back in September, but a pretty strong number for this particular card. Yeah, oh, good to know. Good to know. And it might be that it's just a really nice copy too. You know, a PSA 9 centering can get pretty off-putting from an eye appeal perspective, even on the front. So yeah, good to know. Uh, let's see what else. So I'm going to go back to the main page here because I didn't open everything up. So the Peter Stasny and a seven sold for $31. I bring that up because I know I know the gong show loves Peter Stasny. Highest, highest point scoring total in the 1980s of anybody not named Wayne Gretzky. That's pretty cool. Uh, we have a, a 82 Gretzky and an SGC8 holder that did 70 bucks. Seems cheap to me. Pelly Lindbergh rookie. Uh, Pelly Lindbergh died very early. I think he, you know, in like 85 or something like that. So this is his PSA 9 rookie, did $86. Pack of 83 and a PSA 9 did 132 I'm a big fan of unopened packs. Uh, there's the Iserman we looked at. There's a 84 Tops Iserman, PSA 5 for $25. I don't know why I favorited that one. I must have thought it was no peachy. We looked at these. So here, let's uh, let's take a look at this card. Ah, look at this. This is a this is a bigger card than I thought. SP Authentic, Marks of Distinction. Now, is that an on-card auto? I think it would be, but I want to just make sure. I think it is. But with the way it's designed, it looks like it might not be. But yeah, that I can't see any sticker borders anywhere. So I do believe this is an on-card auto, as I believe Marks of Distinction always are. This would have been an exception. But this is a rookie year card. Like this is a, it's not a rookie card RC designation, but it's a rookie card, rookie year card. Pretty nice design. Gold foil, SP authentic, got great brand equity. On card auto, 25 made. BGS 9, not a card I remember seeing many times. That's for sure. So 3,800, I like to see it. I like to see that. That seems like a good number to me. Josh, what do you think of this piece? I think it's really cool. My only thing, and this is just a personal preference, I don't love just portrait cards. I don't know how you feel about them, but it's not a card I would buy personally. But I totally get it, though, from, listen, Ovechkin cards over the next 18 months are going to go nuts. We know that. We have the goal record is pretty much being baked in to all the pricing right now. And so if you want something a little bit different, that maybe isn't a future watch auto, you know, that's going to be a lot more and, and have a lot higher print run on a 999. I, I think this is a good option. It's a cool, it is a cool card. I, I appreciate it. I, I just don't, you know, and I, I think too a lot, Jeremy, of the what we saw with a lot of the young guns, the 2020 young guns, where it was in the middle of COVID and they didn't have the photography and we have just tons of portrait style young guns. It's just not my favorite. I, I don't know if does a portrait, kind of style cards bother you or, or do you like them? No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, doesn't bother me as much as it does you. And that's maybe one of the beauties of young guns is that, you no, know, except for the pandemic years is that they're often action shots, uh, which, which is, which is a nice thing. I think this card, even though it's a portrait presents really well, I think that you know, this bluish 
marbly background behind him within the gold foil, perfectly centered. You know, it's a good picture of, of Ovi himself. Uh, this card, uh, this card does appeal to me, but your greater discussion about portrait cards. Um, I mean, let's face it, T206s and the, almost the whole C56 series, they're almost all uh, portraits. They're not all, but portrait cards are, some people love them. Vintage collectors love them. Let me ask you this, Josh, do you prefer them or do you, do you, yeah, do you prefer them on a on a vintage card, a tobacco card per se? I think I understand them more on like a you know the old style tobacco cards, which were very small cards. And listen, they didn't have DSLR cameras back in the day too, so it's like you kind of take what you can get. I don't know. It's just on the more modern ones. It's just not my cup of tea. It's like another equivalent that, that you see to this is you see like a lot of the beehive carbs cards from 2005 that have the Crosby and Ovechkin rookies. And I just don't love them. I don't know. I don't love the beehives either, to be honest. I think, I think they're, I, I don't mind looking at them, but I've never like owned one in my collection and nor do I desire to this card. I'd be happy to have though. Um, you know, Mitch points out that uh, early young guns were portraits too: Bergeron, Burns, Stahl, Fleury. So they've always haven't made, made some of them. Um, and, and I'm, I'm okay with it for the most part. But I, what I like most is that you've taken a position and you're building your collection based on what you like. And that's all that matters for you. You do you, right? Like that's, uh, but I'll, I'll add to that, Josh, you do you, but if you change your mind ever, you can, that's still you doing you, you know, you don't, you can always be flexible uh, with these things. I think that's uh, an important way to, to approach a hobby is allow yourself to um, be flexible. Here we have a BGS 9.5 Leon Dreisaitl rookie card, $360 uh, card. I'm not very, I've never owned one. Well, I shouldn't say never. I've never owned one in my personal collection. I'm sure I've come, gone through a couple of them as card show inventory, but never owned one personally. Uh, 360 on a BGS 9.5. It's got two 9.5s, a 9 and a 10. Um, I'm not sure how that how that falls. Josh, what can you tell us? Yeah, I, I think this card bounces around and this is where it's really hard from a comp perspective when it comes to BGS because they're, you know, there's the grade within the grades, right? And, and having one nine grade would probably knock this down a little bit for some collectors that want at least the true gem within within their grade. So you'll see sales anywhere as high, low as like 370, 360 in this range into the lower 500s okay you know that seem to kind of go around there and i think we talked about him last week where this is a guy who who knows what would his values would be if he was not in the long shadow of Connor mcdavid but you know you take you look at where you take mcdavid's numbers out of this season and you can make the argument that dressel is the best player in the nhl right now he's just underloved yeah, I, I hear that. You do would have to consider what his point total would be without McDavid converting a bunch of those passes into goals and giving him the the assist. But he's still he's he's a great player. There's no doubt about it. Can I make the counter argument to that though? How many yeah. how many points would McDavid have if he didn't have Drysaddle? Right, you have to you have to look at the the same. Right, they both benefit from each other. 
You do. You do. Uh, I would just wrap it up by saying that I think McDavid's more important to dry sidle than the other way around. I think uh, just based on skill level. Uh, and yeah, but, but you're right. I mean, yeah, a great counterpoint. Well, I'll give, I'll give you the sure. argument to that. It's Kirill Kaprizov, right? Matsu Kirill is okay. The wild don't have any capable centers of playing with them. And you put a dry sidle on the line with Kaprizov and I bet you he has 25 more points. Right. And so again, I'm not trying to say McDavid is better or is not better than dry sidle. Of course, McDavid's better. It's just, uh, he dry sidle is from a hobby perspective, I think has been overshadowed to a large degree by, by McDavid. But, but of course, you know, it, you he's can make the, the same arguments about Messier and Gretzky a little bit. And, and Malkin, he, he's the, he's yeah, the Malkin, Malkin of the Oilers pretty much. Okay. Uh, this card really interested me. This is a BGS nine McDavid red PMG rookie card, rookie year card, $8,400. So what was that? Seven grand before the buyer's premium. This card would have sold for upwards of, I think, I think like 15K back in the day, a couple of years ago. Uh, but uh, still a very, a very important card. You know, how does, you know, if you compare this to like a super high grade young gun, whether it's a BGS 10 or a BGS 10 black label, a PSA 10 McDavid young gun, like this is, there's only 150 of these printed. And, and how many of them are going to qualify for an, a mint or better condition? And yet it only sells for not even double a young gun. And even like a nine, I believe, or a, or a 10. So I still think that these cards, because of how important PMGs are in the hobby, the equity that is associated with them, I think this is a steal for the card uh, th tonight. Do you have any data on, on historical comps, Josh? Yeah, so this exact card, sold in the December PWCC for 5760 So oh, pretty so big jump from there. And I actually think this, to me, this is a really interesting PMG. You know, the, the negative would be, uh, as opposed to now what we're accustomed to with the red PMGs, them being out of 100, there are 50 more of these. But again, to find uh, any PMG that grades a nine feels like a miracle, right, at this point, because they have so many condition issues and to me and i uh troy actually on our show had some good perspective on this too is i think this is kind of a it, there's you know pmgs are, are sort of 50 50 of people some people love them some people hate them if you don't typically love pmgs i think that you're that this card will appeal to you because it, it isn't it doesn't have that 97 retro pmg look it looks more like like a traditional card and i'm a really big fan of this card i just love it cool all all makes sense to me uh the art ross psa one sold for twenty two hundred and twenty dollars so that's nice to see the morens that we looked at did eleven ten. the bellavo sold for ten two so more than it was at earlier but not the record this thing uh this card sold for like what, what did you well, say earlier like the exact card sold for 12, I believe, last May. 12 grand last May down to 10-2. I mean, I, again, I don't I don't love it for an eight, but uh, so I think it sold accordingly. I think that makes sense. The Bobby Orr is still alive at 3,100. The Lafleur sold for $516 and a six, and it was a 
what was it last week again? A seven? Seven that went for 1440. Four, but that was a super nice seven. Super nice one. The the Chico, the Chico, which was won by sorry by Larry. I think Larry said he won that one for $13. Sure didn't break the bank on that one, Larry. Congratulations. Let's see. Let's just go back and see. Okay, we're gonna close off the ones that have sold. And then uh oh. So the the wow. Ovechkin four thousand six hundred eighty dollars. I think that's a I think that's a great deal. I really do. I think uh, for the buyer who ends up with that card, I think they can only do well with that. The Lemieux, the tops Lemieux is still going. Good luck to the bidders on that. Seven eighty on that. Iserman Coffee did two fifty two, hundred and twenty six on the Gretzky, forty eight hundred on the PSA seven. So. Yeah, kind of in line, I guess. 1860 on the PSA 5. I mean, these cards have come down from uh, their peaks, that's for sure. We saw the Art Ross, Bellavo 10 2. I had a couple up here of these up here twice. So we are left now with these two that are still going, at least for one more second. Let's see what happens here. Do they sell? That one seems to still be going. I think they are both still alive. So let's come back here. And actually, I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a quick resort here, guys. Uh, I'm gonna just hit all items, and let's see how many hockey cards are left in the auction tonight. While we're going white screen, we'll just take it off. Let me do my sort here without you guys having to sit through this. Actually, you guys can watch how I do it. So first thing I do is you go you go into uh, you go into here these three lines. I go to weekly auction. I'm going to pick off only today's auction number 60, but 61 is alive, guys. You guys can already see what's available in next week's auction that we're going to be talking about. And then I go to category and I pull up hockey and I often go down and also pull up hockey, wax hockey. So I'll click both of those, hit apply. Let's see how many cards are left out of the 285 to start the night. We are down to four cards only, which must mean that these two are over. The Lemieux hand cut box bottom PSA eight tops sold for eleven seventy, and the Bobby Orr rookie card, the beater version, three thousand seven hundred and twenty dollars. So, Josh, any comments on these finishing prices? This one or this one? Uh, both really strong prices. The Lemieux is huge for, like I said, I think the top sale was three hundred and some dollars prior to this one, and not. Too far ago, it was back in January. Cool. And this 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 price, I think, is um <laughs> you got I remember being at the expo in like 2000, the year 2000 in Toronto, and seeing a PSA 8 Bobby Orr rookie at I don't know if it was BMW's booth or someone at the front for three thousand bucks for a wow. PSA 8 Bobby Orr. Now You'd have to spend more than that for for one that got was driven over, but has the it's not a perfect uh, you know it's not it's not a great comparison because this one's autographed, but just context the PSA eight in that year was like three grand. I didn't buy it. I, I always regretted not buying that card. So we're down to one card left. It's a Luke Richardson, I believe it's his rookie card. Yeah, Luke Richardson PSA ten rookie is the sole survivor of this week's. PWCC hockey auction. And this card is at $68. Let's 
you know, there's people that want this whole set. Well, all sets in PSA 10 condition sort of thing. So, uh, and it's a rookie. People, There's people who want every Maple Leaf rookie card ever. Or they want the rookie card of every player to ever play for the Leafs or other teams. So there's lots of reasons why this card would, would sell for, you know, any because generally it's kind of a common card. But uh, $81, final sale. That was the sole survivor in tonight's auction. And uh, the other three that were, were still in the rank and, and the, the other three that were the finalists, Kale McCarr, two McCars, his Future Watch Auto does 2640. Seems like a, a good number. And his Clear Cut Young Guns does 2880. Pop one of eight. Wow, 2880 for a Clear Cut Young Gun. Tough card. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's do this, Josh. Let's do some comments and I think we'll wrap this up. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So I'm going to start at the top from where we left off. T-Dot says the Jacques Plant card is stunning. I agree. T-Dot, he says he has the pose and the cool red. Yeah. I love that card. Absolutely. David G 53 Sawchucks, my personal favorite, David. I love that card too. 53 Parkhurst has so many beautiful cards. Like if you want to, if you want a project, guys, go put together the Hall of Fame run, every Hall of Famer that's in 53 Parkers, because you're getting the first big card, really the first full-sized hockey card in 53. So I love it. And, and like, you know, we we looked at I think the Red Kelly or the Doug Harvey last week. Beautiful cards, just just stunning. Uh, Tom Harrison says, if Opichi was smart, they should have done a Soviet team set in 72-73. The Canada team is nice, but a Trediak or Karlamov would be, an, I agree, that's a great call out, Tom. That would have been nice. Larry picked up the BVG 1972 Dion for 10 bucks. Can get a VG raw copy for that. What was it graded, Larry, if you're still there? What was that graded? Very nice. Yeah, marks a distinction or on card. And I mean, and I guess, Mitch, what I was wondering was, have there ever been an exception? And was that maybe one of those times? Tira says that would have been a sacrilege to do the Russian set in the 70s. He's right about that, guys. It would have been uh, something the, the Canadians may not have liked just based on, you know, Russia, maybe the way the Americans feel about it now. I don't know. Thank you, Tom Harrison. Very nice to hear that. That's uh, And uh, I, I greatly appreciate that. Toilet was going to buy the Aho RPA, gave up on it, sold pretty low. Okay. T Dot says portrait uh, cards defeat the purpose of sports cards after 1950. I, I mean, T Dot, I love you. I love your engagement, but I don't agree. I don't agree because, because so many cards are awesome. Bobby Orr rookie is after 1950. That's a portrait card. Like, that's, that's a very important card. Uh, and then you can go to all the other sports. Almost every baseball rookie card after mm-hmm. 1950 is, is a portrait card. They al- Almost all of them are. I can't think of, I'm sure there's some I can't think of, but especially like think of the Nolan Ryan, the Johnny Bench. You, you think of uh, the, the, the what's his face? Roger Maris. Um, all of, like some of them had two pictures on them. You think of like the McCoveys and, and the Killebrews and those guys. I mean, they had two pictures on their cards in 55, 56 in that era. So I think that's those guys. I could be wrong. Uh, Mitch, Dreisaitl, 18 points in his last 11 games without McDavid, which is a higher point per game than McDavid. Just an interesting stat. There you go. Without McDavid. 
Last 11 games without, oh, I see his last 11 games. Yeah, because he becomes the go-to guy, but 18 mm-hmm. and 11 is huge. Like he's, he's definitely, he's definitely among the best players in the league. I, I, I'm definitely not arguing with that. Currency project in the house. Gotta love Dr. Dre, Dr. Leon Dreisaitl. Tita says PMGs are dropping in price all across with exception of McDavid. Vintage, and I think that's, you know, if that's true, I think it's, it's because, I just feel that PMGs recently are, they're going the way of the Jersey card. Um, I, I, I made a post on hobby insider the other day that I'm, I'm done with, I'm done collecting PMGs, the new era. I'm going to collect them up to 2016 with the exception of a couple of employee versions later. Uh, but that's it for me. The, the new skybox metal PMGs. Uh, I'm just not going to be collecting any of those. I don't think I own a single one and I, I don't intend to personally because Again, I have the first two years of jersey cards, 96 and 97. I don't have any jersey upper deck game jersey cards after that. And I'm going to take the same approach with, with PMGs because that's what happens with card companies. A certain card gets hot, becomes all the rage, and then they they just they go back to that well year after year after year, and it it floods it out. It floods it out. And um can I ask you a uh, question? That's related to this that I really want your opinion on. So are you familiar with the set that came out last week? The SP Signature Edition Legends? I am. That's uh, And it's already almost sold out. And the prices are going up. People have been going crazy for this set. I'm curious what you think of the all-time Future Watch autos for like Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. You a fan? You not a fan? What's your thoughts? Well, I, I love the question. I'm really glad you asked it. So I have a bit of a pro and I've thought hard about these because I'm looking, I'm watching them. So I like them. I love them. I think they're real. I think it's a cool, cool concept because you can't get these guys. Their rookie years were well before SP authentic was a brand. So uh, I think it's really cool. I would love to own there's, there's about five or six in the set that I, I, I may go after for my PC. Where I'm concerned is that Upper Deck in the Cup this year issued an exquisite card, an exquisite tribute from the o, the O3 exquisite design tribute card of McDavid, and they also did one of Wayne Gretzky. It's the second time that they've gone back to that design for those two players, and there's probably more, but I'm only aware of those two players. And I don't like that. That actually angers me that they do that it i i believe that that's a that's a move that that i think uh is not good for the original copy of that card i own one of those original gretzky's it's a huge card for me it's better you know it's got actual oiler patch the new one it's like equipment bag or something like that but the fact that they go back to that design and just put a different picture of the player on it i don't like it tributes i think once you do a tribute of a player in a design never do the same design of that player again i hate that mm-hmm. and that's why i'm concerned that they're going to do the same thing with these future with these all-time future watches six seven years down the road when it's time to bring out another another uh legend set are they going to do another all-time future watch set 100 they will so let's get that out of the way of course they will because these are going to be so popular there's no doubt they will but will they go take it to the next level and do the same players again? Well, they just told they just showed me that they will with the exquisite tribute. So 
Of course they will with the all-time future watches, I think. So then for myself, to your question, I have to decide, do I want to go buy the Gretzky and the Lemieux and the and whoever else and and hope that it's the only all-time future watch ever made for these players? Because that would be my hope. Because if five, six years down the road, they put out another one, I'm going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad. Not, not like I'm going to be mad. I'm going to huff and puff and beat my chest. But I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to I'm going to have to be frustrated and a little bit upset. So I'm balancing out that these are really cool. They're hot now, and I'm getting caught up in them because they are really cool. And it'd be great to put the Gretzky Future Watch Auto beside the Crosby. You know, be so cool to do that. And the McDavid and all the other great. I think I have four Future Watch Autos in my collection. Uh, so. I'm as you can tell, I'm struggling with what to do because on the one hand, yes, they're awesome. I'd love to have them. On the other hand, I just know because Upper Deck has proven it over and over again with PMGs and now with tributes and now probably with all-time future watches. So that's where my head's at. I don't know, but that's where my that's been my thinking process for the last few days. I think that's a valid concern, right? And what it would happen is these cards feel special right now. And if they do replicate it down the road, then that specialness, if that's a good word, will be diminished at that point. But it is, I haven't seen people kind of go as nuts for a set as they have in the last week for, for this one. And, you know, just if I can give any little tip as a guy that looks at card data a lot, the market, because there's no comps on these, there's some deals out there. Uh, on these right now because i don't think the market has quite figured out where they should be valued at like we just posted about the first gretzky all-time future watch auto out of 49 sold for 1800 which seems kind of low actually for what that card might be six months from now so yeah because it has the all-time future watch words across the top of it but at the end of the day it's just another Gretzky auto on sure. a 35-point card from a from SP Authentic. So, you know, it could be a Marks of Distinction or, or yep. an SP Limited or one of these kind of autographs. It's just a Gretzky auto, which, and it's out of 49, which isn't that low. You know, I mean, if it was a Marks of Distinction out of 25, it would be probably, what, 800 to $1,000. So right now it's getting this bump because it's the all-time future watch. But again, is it the only all-time future watch? If they ever, if they, you know, if anyone were to go buy one and then, you know, whatever, however many years down the road, another one is put out, that's going to make all 49 people that own one of those cards unhappy, at least temporarily unhappy. And, uh, but I mean, they've got all the best players in the all-time future watch set this year. So who's left? Who can they do next time? Right. I, I don't know. I don't know the checklist, but I think they have to pick again. another set. They can't go back to the well with the SP like they would almost have to pick. Like, and again, they can't do this. So it's a terrible example. But for instance, if you did all time grades in like a like a tops chrome, like one of the tops chrome iconic design, something of that vein, I get it. Tops is not upper deck and they don't wouldn't have the license to do that. But I get it. You, I, I totally get where you're coming from, though. They can't go back to the same well again and again. But based on how popular this has been, I, you can bet dollars to donuts that it's going to come. There's going to be another one that comes out sooner than later. 
Yeah. So, so that, that's why I'm, I haven't picked anything up yet. There's one I'm going to get for sure. Uh, I'm going to go for Timu Solani, no matter what, even if they put out another one, but that's it. Like then now I sure I'd love to go for some other ones, like Gretzky, Lemieux. I, again, I don't know the checklist, but there's lots of great cards there. Um, but I, I'm just scared. I'm just scared that they're going to, they're going to turn it into a, the next Jersey card PMG tribute. Mm. They, they, I, I, you know, I, I love how Upper Deck innovates a lot. They do, they do a lot of innovation. Um, I've been, I've always given them credit for that a lot more than people I think are willing to give them credit for. But that's one area where stop, stop going back to the 0506 design. Like you can't put out 0506 designs every year in the cup. And I don't know that they even have any this year, but if they stopped, good. But they didn't stop with the 03 exquisite. They went back to that design again, which I just wish they wouldn't have done. All right. Uh, vintage card collector. It strikes me how many times tonight Josh said this exact card sold less than a year ago. Maybe people are flipping hockey more than I expected. I think that's that's might be the case, Vintage. The other thing is I think that's part of the PWCC game. Because of the vault, people buy cards, put them in the vault, and then maybe they buy something different, and now they got to pay for it, so they sell something. I think that's a big part of it. And that's that's their business model. Keep them in the vault so that you're more likely to resell them sooner than otherwise. And that's it's a good business model. So I think that's a part of it why you might see more of these same cards selling on the same platform over and over again. And eventually you'll probably start to see that with other vaults that are out there too. Once, you know, if and when they come even close to being as adopted as the PWCC vault is. Uh, CC says, what is your opinion on CSG grading hockey cards? Does it take away from the value? Maybe you can look at the CSG 10 of 84 Gretzky in this week's auction. I mean, my thoughts are CSG has as much right to grade hockey cards as every, any other grading company. So my opinion on it is great. It's another, it's, it's one of the four main options for, for manual grading companies, uh, in the space. So um, and the value, the value is that's on us, not on them. Um, and I think that we often penalize anyone who isn't called PSA uh, because of, I don't know why, to be honest. I, I don't know why, uh, you know, log, I, I know why because of secondary market values, but logically outside of that, I don't know why Beckett, SGC and CSG uh, don't get the, the, the same uh, hobby adoration that PSA does. Josh, what do, what do you want to say about that, if anything? Well, I have a theory on that. I don't know how to articulate it best, but I will try. Is that the PSA, I don't know what it's called, issue or, or situation. A lot of it, I think, has to do, Jeremy, with how much money or market cap is in PSA holders right now, right? So if PSA were to lose half of its value, you know, think how many people would, <laughs> the, the value of their collection would get crushed. So it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy to a certain extent where you have the hobby invested, right, in these PSA slabs being graded so high. And I think what it takes for any other company is it's a long road and you just have to uh, brick by brick build your reputation. I think the closest one would be SGC, where you could actually point to data, like look at the, what is it? The top five selling sports cards ever have been in SGC holders. 
right? And so that's a huge point of credibility for them. But it, it's it kind of, I think, to some degree is real similar to why does the hobby value Tage Thompson so much and not David Pasternak, right? It, it's hard to explain <laughs> The, the, the uh, difference yeah. to some degree between them and it's just the w- the force of momentum is has been at behind PSA for a, a long time and they they're, they're on top and until somebody I think innovates and that's the key word and I know like that's like what you guys at tag are part of your mission to do but uh, you have to give yeah, it's it's like Blockbuster Video, right? No video store was going to beat Blockbuster until the concept of a video store became obsolete. Yeah, yeah. No, that all that all all makes sense uh, to me. I got a few more things to say here. I'm going to bring in T Dot's comments down here. It says PSA has market tenure. Well, so does Beckett, and so does SGC, like almost as much. I think SGC might have even been around before PSA. So, th- while that is true, that's not a distinct. That's not a reason. Uh, it's a contributing factor, but it's not a differentiator. It says PSA has the biggest cards in the hobby. Well, but the most expensive cards ever sold are in SGC holders. So that's maybe not it. He goes on to say that Honus was card number one. Yes, but it's trimmed. So that should hurt them. It's 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 none of these reasons that T Dot is giving us that actually I think have matter. I think it's I think it's just group think. I think it's group think. That's what I attribute it to. Well, did- did, didn't PWC or PSA wasn't part of their initial marketing strategy to focus on the ultra modern where SGC kind of went vintage and and so you know PSA was very cheap for for a long time and yeah. it made it very easy to pull cards out of a that year's pack and and get them graded and that probably was a pretty smart move from from the long run. Yeah, and David, you know, David uh, articulates what you were saying as well. And I, I think this is it. This is the, the this and one other thing. He says so many people invested in PSA that they're artificially incentivized to discount other grading companies. I think that is a is is a big deal. I think the other thing is the PSA set registry is it's a loyalty builder, and that that might be the thing that that might be the number one thing because even that contributed to what you and David are saying here. Mm-hmm. That helps helps people become invested so that that's the only company they'll use. Talk about a way to build brand loyalty. Um, they've, they've done it and no one's been able to come close. I can tell you at tag grading, we have something that will, I think, be uh, give us a chance to, to build something like that. I'm not saying it'll ever match what they've got, but I think it gives us a chance to, to, to build something similar. Uh, vintage says SGC having some of the top all time sales is a flawed argument. Many vintage PSA cards would easily set those highs, but they never come to market. True, but but headlines matter, right? T dot make T dot's right. Nobody will sell a mantle 10. If that happens, that becomes the big one. But as far as marketing, even when the LeBron 03 exquisite RPA sold in, in June, July, May in 2021 or whatever, 2020 even. For 1.8 million, I went live that day to cover it. Ken Golden came on the show because he sold it. Uh, that was a BGS card, and that thing was plastered everywhere. And you know that that's that's uh, that that helped them, even though it might seem like it didn't. That helped help BGS at the time. Uh, 
Mitch says PSA is the only company with a financial guarantee. Nope. No, it isn't. Tag grading. We have a financial guarantee as well. But I know you may not know that, Mitch W. Uh, Loud Collector. Good to see you, Loud. Good to see you. We'll see you in Toronto soon. David G won the Bellevue Laval Derry uh, pre-rookie card. Congratulations. Tito says, I think Gretzky Autos will glut the market on all types of cards. They're everywhere now. Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. I mean, they don't, he doesn't sign as many autographs as other players do, but because he's expensive for upper deck. But yeah, he, he, a Gretzky rookie is not hard to find. Another reason why I said earlier that even this new all time future watch, it's, you know, it's just another Gretzky auto, but it's not. I get it. It's not. It's got that all time future watch branding, which I, I do love. Mitch says redoing the tribute is an extremely slippery slope. I know, I I know. And they've started going down that slope and I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Uh, says Mitch has the exact same fear I do and is why he is not buying the future watch cards from Legends. Yeah, Mitch, we're thinking we're thinking similarly there. Tita says that's why modern blows. <laughs> um, Bobby Orr isn't on the checklist this year. Interesting omission. Yep. Uh, JP, we're talking USD. We're talking uh, USD unless we, because PWCC is designated in USD. Mitch makes the suggestion to make, if they want to do it again, do it, do a future watch auto patch instead of just the non-patch copy, which would be nice. And that would be completely different. That would not bother me in the least. I'd want that card in addition to this year's all-time future watch. Or the black with gold ink. Sure. Or print variation or something like that. Sure. Okay, I'm just gonna scan to see what else we have here. Uh, Josh, are all the are all the all time Future Watch card autos have autos? Uh, I don't. I think he's asking are all Future Watch are all the all time Future Watch autographs, or are there some without autos like you have with regular Future? They have acetate versions that are not autoed, which are really cool. Okay. I personally like them. Tito says Mantle and Gretzky tens are a point of reference, so people want the same as added value, artificial or not. I don't understand the comment. Do you, Josh? No, it depends what context. So probably if we knew what conversation it was referring to, we'd understand it better. Alex says when it comes to wrestling vintage, the PSA registry is the Bible for a lot of the top collectors. It's a huge competition, and not just wrestling. That goes for baseball and basketball and I'm sure football and hockey as well. But I understand it might be even stronger in in wrestling, uh, as as Alex is saying here, Joe Sackick 19XX. Uh, Chris sold the Belleville Laval tonight. We have the seller <laughs> and the buyer of the Belleville Laval pre-rookie tonight. Thank you very much. Willie T, really appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right, Josh, let's wrap it up. We're uh, five minutes shy of two hours. I think it's a perfect time. I, I had a blast with you again, as always. Uh, this is becoming a highlight of the weekend to wrap up the weekend and launch us into the week ahead. So uh, anything you'd like to say before we sign off? You want to let people know what's coming up on the pod this week or anything? Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, so we have a new podcast that drops at 3 a.m. Central tomorrow morning. Uh, has part two of our interview with Carvin Chung. We... I had a great conversation with him a couple weeks ago and did part one on Thursday and have part two of the interview uh, this week. So really looking forward to that. Uh, and then another show on Thursday, but it was a great time tonight, Jeremy. I always have fun doing these recaps and talking hockey cards with you. 
Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I now I got to stay up till 3 a.m. to listen to the podcast tonight. Gosh, that's late. Uh, and you can listen so you tomorrow guys, morning. Thursday night is the PWCC premiere. I'll be with Adam Gray. Karn Rye is going to join as our special guest. That's this Thursday, 7.30 my time, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. And then uh, back to Sports Cards Live next Saturday after taking last night off. I had an event to attend, so couldn't do a show. Uh, that is... That is with Matthew Burroughs, Tomcat on Instagram, a big Mark andre Fleury collector. He's from the Essential Credentials podcast. Looking forward to having Matt Burroughs on the show next Saturday. Uh, a couple of comments came in. I'm going to get these, Josh, then we're going to sign off. Alex says, do you think Upper Deck is watering down the cup by adding so many exquisite cards? I don't think so. I like the exquisite cards, actually. I, I'm the opposite. I like them. I think there's other things that water down the cup that I don't like this year. The looks of I like the I like the ideas behind a lot of the the cards in the set. I don't love how some of them were executed, but so no. Um, and I just find that it's lacking a central theme across all or most of the of the insert sets within the brand. But I don't I don't find that Alex. Um, I don't. Thank you very much, Mitch. TDOC clarifies Gretzky 10 is 4 million. So that's a point of reference for a nine. Yeah, I think that I think that's like a rising tide lifts all boats kind of kind of comment there, TDOC. I don't don't disagree with that. I think that that does make some sense. I've seen arguments though, commentary where you can split populations where like the you know the the 10 might impact the nine, but then the eights don't have anything to do with it. And in this case, there's only two tens in the whole population. So do they really have an impact on the nines? I think I think they do. I think they do, but it may not be as strong as some cards that have uh, a more consistent population throughout. Thank you to the Currency Project. Thank you, David G. Thank you, Name. Good to see you. Vintage, thank you. CC, thank you so much. Currency says, hit that like button, guys. Thank you, and thank you again, David. All right, guys. Josh, hang tight. Everybody else, have a great week. Listen to the Gong Show tomorrow. We'll see you all soon. Bye, guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.